Hi, I'm Debbie Montgomery Johnson, founder of the nonprofit The Woman Behind the Smile, and your host of Stand Up and Speak Up, a show that is about each and every one of us. Many of us have something, something we're hiding, something we're ashamed of, something that through no fault of our own or through our own making, something that we keep hidden and that in turn keeps us hidden from each other and the world. Good people go through terrible situations. Wise people know when and how to let it go. Everything that happens to us helps us grow. And while it may be hard to see it right away, the most important thing to do is to change our perceptions about our circumstances. Stand Up and Speak Up features ordinary people who've been through extraordinary struggles and found the courage to step out from behind their smiles and speak up about their experiences and the lessons gleaned from those experiences. I'm so excited to be here today. I actually took last week off. I was traveling with my husband, and we had an excellent show with Dr. Tim McGinnis as our guest host. But today I'd like to welcome our special speaker. Her name is Angela Marie, and Angela comes to us, I believe, from Pennsylvania. Hello, Miss Angela. Hello, Debbie. How are you? I'm so grateful that you're here with us today. Thank you so much for being in my life today. <laughs> you're very welcome. I'm glad to be here. Happy to be here. Now, Angela and I, for full disclosure, have not met in person. We have actually done Zoom conversations. She was referred to me by another friend of ours. And when she and I first had the conversation about who we are and what we are, we kind of, you know, danced around the subject of being moms and these kinds of things. And then I told her my story, and she's like, oh, my gosh, Deb, I have a story to tell you. And we had such a good conversation. So today, everybody, we're going to be talking a little bit about Angela's background and, and what got her to the point of being a transformation coach, a speaker, an author, and all these things. Um, but we're going to talk today about toxic relationships and are they bringing us down? What are they? Do we all have them? I'm sure we do. Um, how are they holding us back from reaching our unlimited potential? And then how do we follow our dreams and really go up, up, and away? And I find myself that dreaming is something that's very hard for me to kind of, I'm very practical. And it says, you know, what do you want to do in, in your life and what dream big? I'm thinking, I have very small aspirations, although they're great. Um, but we're going to talk about that today and find out maybe what are my limiting beliefs. So, Miss Angela, I want you to kind of tell us your story. Introduce yourself to everybody because I'm sure they, many don't know who you are. Absolutely. So my name is Angela Marie. Um, I'm founder of findyourpurposeandshine.com. I'm a transformation coach, and I'm also a speaker and an author, and I absolutely love what I do because my goal is to impact millions of lives. And, you know, uh, my backstory has uh, – it's kind of messy – <laughs> um, but I'm sure you can all relate. I'm sure I know, Debbie, you can relate because of our conversation together. But so, you know, I, what really got me to a place of, to where I am today is my backstory, right? Like you said, you said it best, Debbie, like we, you know, as long as we, I might be paraphrasing a little bit, but as long as we learn right, from our past history, from our past mistakes, and getting involved in these toxic relationships or, or what have you, you can grow from that. And, but you have to make the decision to grow from that. You know, it's not just something that, you know, it just happens. You have to make the decision and then go after it. And so uh, back when I was, well, I, you know, when I was a little girl, I grew up in a divorced home. Um, there was a lot of yelling, screaming, fighting, arguing, um, things like that. I mean, there was just a lot, of, a lot of things that really kind of beat down my self-esteem, if you will. Um, I'm not going to go into a lot about that. I'd really rather focus on the relationships, which really, you know, really got me into a place of where I am today and what really transformed me. Uh, the reality is, is that you know, being, having that low self-esteem and, you know, growing up like that, I know that my parents didn't do it on purpose, right? None of us do. We all make mistakes. I didn't do the things on purpose. My kids that I did getting involved in those toxic relationships. 
But what had happened was, is, um, I mean, I, I was engaged at a really young age. And, you know, just looking for acceptance, just looking for approval. I just wanted this, you know, happy, healthy, fun, you know, marriage, right? And unfortunately, when you're not healed yourself, you, you start to sabotage. You start to self-sabotage. You sabotage your relationships that are good for you, and then you end up pushing them away. And that's exactly what happened. Ended up getting divorced at 26 years old. And then from there, um, I attracted unhealthy in, you know, in my life because I was unhealthy. At that time, I didn't know what way to turn, left, right, go forward, backwards. Like, I had no idea. And so I had met a guy who uh, was an alcoholic, um, physically abusive, verbally abusive. We were on and off again for eight years. And uh, this is going to be really hard for me to share, but I'm going to share it anyway because <laughs> I have no idea who's listening. But uh, I was... me. What's that? Uh, I said it's you and me, and I think we need to – I'm getting some background, yeah, right background noise, folks. Let's see if I mute everybody. Are you there, Angela? Yep, I'm here. Okay. Yep, yep. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, this is no, no, that's okay. between you and me. <laughs> okay, awesome. Um, so, but let me let me back up for a second because I, I really because this is actually part of my story. Um, I became an entrepreneur back when I was 21 years old. And I started a network marketing company at that time um, in my healthy relationship. <laughs> I, uh, we, we were married. Um, we did have two boys together. And then from there, I had started in a network marketing and direct sales company and did really well. I was able to supplement his income. Um, I was able to stay home with my, with my son, my one son at the time. And from there, uh, you know, it allowed me to stay home. It allowed me to stay home up until, I mean, I was in network marketing and direct sales for 17 years. And two years ago was when I made the decision, my final decision, mind you, to become a transformation coach. And uh, we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. But I wanted to, I want to share that because that's a really strong piece of my backstory and why I do what I do today and why I gained the skills and the knowledge to do what I do not just from past experiences, but um, from actually being in the trenches and working uh, those businesses and being able to incorporate and plugging into personal development. And I know my story sounds kind of crazy because a lot of people say, well, what you do in one area of your life, you do in every area of your life. And I have to tell you from experience, I completely disagree with that because in business, uh, I, that's where I buried myself, right? That's, that's, that's what I was good at, you know, and, and working with people and being able to help people and just diving into that. And so that's really where I was at. Now, I did go through a time where, yes, that was true because I was, going, I was struggling with depression and all kinds of things and anxiety uh, was really high because of being in a toxic relationship. And so back in 2008, I fell down the stairs, and I don't want to say I fell down the stairs. I got pushed down the stairs. Uh, that story didn't come out back then. I mean, of course, it came out talking to people in my book and speaking, and it's still very difficult to speak about. And I'm going to tell you the reason why it's difficult is because I get these, like, flashbacks of, you know, what happened, where I was at, and what I didn't do was what I didn't do was speak my truth, right? And so I didn't want, you know, I didn't want my daughter to be without a dad. So that was going through my head. But we had a fight. He was completely drunk. And down the steps I went. And he, he did actually end up dialing 911. I ended up unconscious. And I could hear everything going on around me when the ambulance got here. Everything. I could hear conversation, I could hear, uh, I, I could hear all the talking, everything, and I couldn't respond. And the worst feeling is to not be able to respond, right? 
I know I say right, like if you haven't been through this part, like in, in this kind of a situation, you don't know what that looks like. But think about Debbie, like if you you're knocked out and you can hear everything and you you're you're crying out inside, but you can't talk. You don't have a voice. You don't have, I mean, anything. All you can do is hear. And so we'll fast forward. Uh, I was in, in the hospital, and I could, again, I could hear everything going on, and I couldn't speak up. And I remember one of the doctors in the background saying that if she makes this through with no complications or brain damage or whatever, that it, 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 she would be a miracle. I did wake up, and they were shocked that I was waking. I was waking up. I was speaking. Uh, they did tell me I would have short-term memory loss, and I'm going to tell you. I don't know the listeners on this line, but my faith in in God at that moment, or even in I mean, in every area of my life, but in that moment, completely changed. And it completely changed because I knew that He had healed me. I didn't have short-term memory loss. I remembered everything. I knew what was, what, you know, everything up until that point, and I remember everything prior to that. So 100% healed. Um, to know that there was a possibility that I could have been a vegetable or what happened, because the way that I hit my head, it was in the right spot in the back of my head. And the stairs that uh, that I had in my home at that time, they weren't very padded. <laughs> um, there wasn't any, any padding underneath. They were worn, and it was just the carpet. And so, you know, that that was, I would say that was probably the worst trauma in my life. Um, I mean, there was a lot more to it than that. But it was on and off again. It was just constant. Now, I, I want to I kind of go here. I don't know if anybody has been through a, a relationship that was toxic and abusive that had to do with drugs or alcohol. Um, but when they, certain people, when they're not drinking, they're good people. Like, you wouldn't think for a minute that somebody like that could hurt you or harm you. So I just want to throw that out there that it, and, you know, and since then, by the way, he's gotten help. He's gotten, he's went to rehab. Uh, my, my daughter and her father now have a relationship together. Um, so praise God for that. Answer prayers after 13 years, right? Because for me, I knew that there had to be good, right? Because I saw the good. But as soon as you mix that with alcohol, forget it totally different person it's like Jekyll and Hyde right well you know it's interesting too right now with people social distancing and staying at home um, there are statistics that are saying that abuse has gone up drinking has gone up you know so what do people do if they're in a situation where there's someone that may be predisposed to to a violence or, or whatever in their drinking, how, what do they do? How do they get away from this person, this toxic relationship? Yeah. You know, I, <laughs> Debbie, I have had so many conversations about this um, early on, even like our second, third week in, it started really hitting me hard. And it, har- it hit me hard because not only did I have one toxic relationship, I had two. So... <laughs> I went out of that one and went into another one. And, and I said to my kids, I was like, you know, we have to look at the silver lining in all of this. Thank God we aren't in this position. Thank God we're not in this situation anymore because I, I really don't know how all this would work, right? Like I, I could certainly call the police. I could get them out, you know, those sort of things. But when I, you know, I'm honestly, like, I'm at this, like, loss because I didn't experience that myself, right? Like, I I don't know what you would do. All I can tell women, or or even men, I mean, honestly, I mean, there's both, both men and women go through these sort of things, toxic and abusive relationships. And so I don't want to discount that. But what I can say is anybody that's in that situation, regardless of what's going on right now, 
is get out and figure it out. Regardless, you just have to make a decision. And I believe that, so if you haven't, if you couldn't tell, I'm a Christian. And I believe that God will protect us if we take action. And I don't want to say if we take action. That's the wrong choice of words. He will protect us regardless, but he is going to have us, period, end of story. We make a decision, and he comes right up, and he just swoops it. It's like, you know, I, I, I experienced that. It was like, okay, all right, you made the decision, now let's go. And you start to get answers. You start to understand what you're supposed to do, where you're supposed to go. So I believe that once you make the decision, a way is going to be made. And that's in any area of your life. And that's, again, from experiences and after experiences of, of what I've done. I find when, you're, when, you lay in, when you lay an indecision, right, like it, you, you start to get more confused. And you don't know which direction to take. So you have to make the decision to say enough is enough and figure it out. It, you know, contact the police. That's what they're there for. They're there to protect us. They're there to help us, right? And they're there to serve us. So I can't tell you how many times the police were called. Like, I don't even, it's scary to even think about how many times I had to call the police. So... There is an answer. You just have to be willing to make that decision to, to do it. Um, early on, I don't know. Um, I heard some, a lot of nightmare stories early on with people, like nightmare stories, people that, you know, well, the police couldn't come or couldn't go to a shelter because it was closed or, you know, things of that nature. But now the, in the position we're in right now with, um, with things being open, you know, across the nation, and of course, uh, people are out and about and things like that, there, there is help. I strongly believe that. But you're absolutely right, Debbie. Like, this broke my heart. And when people were talking about the virus and, you know, how it's killing people, the only thing that I could think of at that moment was, what about other people's lives? What about the ones that are being abused at home where they're not safe at home? What about those kids that are being abused by their parents or a step-parent that aren't safe at home and their only outlet is to go to school to get away from it all? Which was my kids years ago, right? So you start to think about these other people's lives that are at stake and the people that can't take it anymore and then they commit suicide or there's homicides going on. So you are absolutely on point, Debbie. My heart was breaking for quite some time, and I had, to, I had to redirect myself and become center with myself because if I let it get to me to a place where um, I started just taking it on as my own, then, then what, can, what, am I, what can I do, right? So my goal was to, if anybody came to me, I could talk to them. I could speak to them. I could guide them. I could direct them. And regardless of what's going on out there, you still have 911. And you can still get them out or get out, depending on I the think situation. people fear change. Even if their situation is, is awful, you know, the unknown of what it could be sometimes just holds you back from making what really would be the right decision. Right. I agree with you. And I think, too, um, you know, when you're in an abusive relationship and it's, and it's toxic and, you know, you, you almost get complacent, right? And you, and you start to feel like if you already had low self-esteem before and now you have it even more so, you don't have any confidence, right? Like you're, you know, well, I'm not worthy or maybe this is all I deserve or, you know, they start shifting, blame shifting, you know, that it's all your fault but they act the way that they do. Right, so let's move on from, from that relationship because this is what really broke the mold for me. What really started, I started seeing a shift in my mindset. And so I met this guy, um, it was, he was referred to by friends of mine or referred to, I can't, I know, not I hate to say that as a business type of thing, but like recommended, whatever, like the, a matchmaker, I don't know. 
regardless of what it was, um, we met. And I had a bad gut feeling in the very beginning, and I kept pushing it away and pushing it away. And, um, and then they kind of, like, set us up. We went out one night, and they, they set us up, and we met. And then we just started dating. So um, he, you know, it was kind of like the, the, the guy that gave me all the attention, and, and you know, they, there was no abuse, and it was all, like, putting me on this pedestal, right? So, of course, in my mindset was, oh, this is great. This is the one, you know. And <laughs> um, I ended up meeting and marrying him in six months. So, um, and things started really going downhill. I found out that he had a $14,000, over $14,000 tax bill. The day after we got married, it was in my mailbox, and I was like, what is this? He's like, I told you about that. I'm like, no, no, <laughs> you told me you owe the IRS but not this much. Like the amount that he told me was not even close to what it was. Then I found out his credit was in the, in the trash. Um, and that was when, you know, he really wanted to, you know, buy a house and together. And, and you know, uh, I had to pay for pretty much everything. In the very beginning, um, you know, it seemed to be okay. Like, you know, I don't want to say the very beginning. He actually wasn't working when we got married. I paid for our wedding. Um, I paid for our honeymoon, um, you know, all of those sort of things. And then he ended up getting a job and, you know, he, he, he would, he would split the bills to a point and, but it was always uh, a fight. It was always a struggle. It was always, um, you know, it, it just never was enough. So anyway, he left me five times in three years, uh, and he would blame it on my anxiety. He would blame it on me. It was all my fault. Um, you know, always said, you know, everything's always about money, about free, uh, you know, always about money all the time with you and, and things like that. And it would always be blame shifting and, you know, how I was controlling. And, you know, uh, at one point it started to get, I mean, he, like when I went to leave because he got really loud and got in my face, of course, all these flashbacks come back, and I leave. I go out to my car, and he's jumping on my car, screaming, trying to get me to not leave. Um, he's, you know, he's pushed me before, and, um, you know, no, no hitting or anything like that, but, you know, it, it got to a point where I was like, okay, you know what? This is unhealthy. This isn't good, and um, on top of that, he swindled me out of over $50,000. And it was a little bit at a time, here and there, um, you know, wouldn't pay bills. I would have to, bu like, bug him at one point, like, like you know, can you, can you please pay bills? We have to pay bills. So we would fight about that all the time. And, and it was always, you know, again, the blame shifting, like yelling at me, it's about money all the time for you. And I'm like, well, yeah, like, I paid a $14,000 tax bill off for you, refinanced my house to do it, took money out of my savings account. We went on vacation. We went to Disney. And who paid for it all? It was me. And um, even after our divorce, he kept trying to come after me for more money after the papers were signed. Yeah, I'm crazy. sitting here listening. And you know my story where I, I was, you know, I defrauded or I voluntarily gave money away, you know, to a lot of money to men I didn't know. And I'm sitting here, and there is a lot of uh, victim blaming for women that have been um, victims of, of relationship fraud online. But the more women I talk to, and particularly in your case, you know, you were paying for everything at the beginning. And giving and giving and giving and you happen to see the guy which I guess part of me is like if we can if this happens to women that don't see the man and it, it happens to women that do see the man how do we protect ourselves you know I I, um, I have remarried and I have a wonderful husband and, and the thing that really got me to be able to trust him was on our second date when he told me something very personal about his life and told me the truth. And I sat there and his friends had said, don't tell her, don't tell her. And I'm like, CJ, because you told me, I can trust you. I've been lied to yeah. for two years. So by you opening up so vulnerably at the beginning, I can trust you now. But he yeah. also paid for dinner because at that point, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not paying for dinner. 
You know, if the man is, I'm the old school, I'm your, you know, your grandma age, if the guy is worth it for me, he's going to pay for my dinner. He's going to pay for my bills. And we as women, I think particularly working women entrepreneurs that have the financial wherewithal, kind of feel like, well, we can afford it. We can take care of these guys. Why do we do that? So, you know, I, I think that I know for me, Debbie, I don't know about, you know, I think everybody is different in that. But, we, you know, I think you get to a point where, well, it's okay. He just needs help. Right? He just needs help, and I guess if I can do it, uh, I'll do it. Um, well, he loves me. He cares about me because he shows me affection, right? Like, so you're getting, you're getting the other side of it, like the affectionate side and the loving side, right? The, if that makes any sense. Because it does, but we don't see the manipulation that is coming with that. We don't. And it may not and be malicious, but there are a lot of con men out there where they're very, very creative and clever, and our heart hijacks our brain. Absolutely. And if you're, here, here's what I found, and this is why I do what I do today. Here's what I found. So plugging into personal development um, for 15 years, I mean, I've gone to so many personal development trainings, business development trainings um, with one of my coaches. I mean, I was going all over the place at one point in time for about three years straight. Um, and this was when um, my daughter's dad and I were together, or not together, because <laughs> we were on and again off again for eight years. And, um, and I, I started, I understood personal development, right, but I thought I could fix it. So I had this fix-it mentality back then, right? And, and so we only, we only catch, well, we only hear about 7 to 10% of the information we read, see, and hear for the very first time and we don't always catch what isn't meant to be caught at that moment, right? So I caught a lot of things, and I grew a lot in my business. This is why I know it's a little – it's separate. I was doing very well in business. In fact, I hit the top of the leaderboards in business, right? I, knew, I understood how – I mean, my, my prospecting ratios were high to um, get them information. My closing ratio was high. I mean, it was uh, – you know, I even ended up in the Home Business Connection magazine, because of, you know, financial success with my business and, and um, building relationships on the business side that were healthy. But I couldn't seem to get this piece right in my life. And it wasn't until this guy left me for the very last time, and I was so grateful that it was over because I was trying to – I saw the patterns again, and I was like, how do I figure this out? In fact, he left me on Mother's Day. Mm. On Mother's Day was the very last time. And um, praise God for my kids. Uh, my oldest son, he just started driving at that time, and uh, my kids took me out to eat, and we went, for, we went uh, to Starbucks for coffee, and we sat and we talked, and, you know, um, we went to church that morning, but after church was when I came home and realized he was gone. And the uh, funny part about it is he left me a Mother's Day card, but still <laughs> took all of his things and left. Well, honestly, looking back, maybe it was the greatest gift he could have given you. You know, it was 100%. I, I you know, I, I'm grateful that I, that I went through this, that I can share my experience. But at the same time, I look back and I go, what the heck were you thinking? You know, you, in your heart, you've got to find, you've got to find who you are. And it took me, um, you know, really needing to work on myself and knowing that I had to work on myself knowing that there was no other option but to work on myself or I'm going to continue to attract these toxic relationships in my life. And so when I made that decision, I mean, I made that decision. I listened to, I read books uh, before I would go to bed at night. In the middle of the afternoon, I started taking care of myself, even though I didn't think I was good enough, worthy enough, beautiful enough, none of those things yet, right? But I knew that I couldn't put myself in the kids through that. And through it all, I'll tell you what, my kids are amazing. They shock me every single day because I'm like, you know, I protected them. I was always there for them regardless of the abuse. I would always stick up for them, right, because no one – it was like Mama Bear came out. So I had, like, <laughs> this one side, but as soon as it came to my kids, forget it. Like, 
uh-uh, you're not going to do that to them because I knew that I had to protect them as a mom. Absolutely. And, wow. And but you've got to protect yourself first. It's, a, it's like the, uh, you know, being, being on an airplane. You've got to give yourself the oxygen yep. first that you can, you can share with others. Um, and I'm oh, sure 100%. Yeah. 100%. I agree with that. And that's when I made the decision to go, you know what, I've got to work on me now. Now it's my time to work on myself, right? Still take care of my kids, but that in turn is taking care of my kids even more so than what I could have ever done. And, and so that's not selfish. Me. I mean, so many of us are such giving people that you think, well, if I do anything for myself, then it's, it's self-centered or selfish. It's not. You have to take care of yourself first. Kind of like if, um, you know, I like the analogy of if, you're, if your gas tank is empty, right, and you're not, like if your gas tank is empty, that thing ain't going to go, right? It's not going anywhere. You have to refill. You have to refuel for it to keep going, for it to keep moving, right? And if you don't give it gas, right, or you keep abusing your car or you don't give it new oil, right, eventually it's going to, it's going to keep, you know, deteriorating. You know, other things, other problems are going to happen if you don't take care of it. Well, I know that's a material thing and that's, a, that's just an analogy, you guys. Or Debbie, like it's an analogy, right? So if we don't refuel our spirits and ourselves, we're going to end up a mess, right? Well, that, that is so true. Work. And, and um, it's interesting. I was, I was listening to one of your videos the other day, and you were talking about building a house on sand. And my kids grew up listening to a song called The Wise Man Builds His House Upon a Rock. And you have to have yeah, a solid foundation. Song. And if you, you've got to start with yourself. You so 100%. And you also said something interesting. It said it's about how we respond, not how we react. Because reaction is an emotional thing. <laughs> you know, you've got to stop and think to be able to respond. But reacting, there's no stopping or thinking. It's just doing. Exactly. Yep. Right? Yep. You have to think about it first. You are 100% correct. So anytime somebody says it's how we react to it, I'm like, no, no. It's how we respond instead of react. React is um, it's an action word, and you, it's in the moment. Respond is you take a step back and you think about what you're going to say or how you're going to approach it, and then you respond in a healthy way. React is really it's an emotional response. Right. And yeah. if we're in our, not in our, I mean, looking back at things, there were times when I reacted that I was probably not in my right mind, um, that I should have just stepped back and breathe, you know, look at stuff and, and get the emotion out of it. Get a buddy. I always say, especially with dating, you need a dating buddy, someone that's a little more objective to get you out of that emotional rampage that you might be going through, especially if you've had some sort of victimization or relationship fraud. You are just not seeing things the way they are. And... I mean, I always say that my last suit has no pockets, which people laugh and I'm like, but I'm not taking any money with me. Now, it certainly helps on the way, but I lost a lot of money in my situation. And you know, many women that I work with that I, that I correspond with have lost a lot of money. But it's not the money that is holding us back from moving forward. It is that lack of trust, that um, getting your heart ripped out from underneath you, that is right. so difficult to be able to move forward unless you have hope. And so as a transformation coach, how do you give people that sliver of hope so that they can start moving forward? I love that question because you already mentioned some of it, right? So first you have to come to a place where you make a decision that no more, I'm not putting up with anymore. You know, does that make sense? So I'm done and I've made the decision I need to work on myself. And I mean make a solid decision, enough is enough. And once you get to that place, when you start working on yourself, so for me, I, I went about things a little bit different. Of course, I read books, I listened to audio trainings, I did all of these things. Um, for several months, uh, and then I, you know, had this 
feeling in my spirit that I actually had back in 2010, which was my, de- my desire to become a coach. I wanted to coach. I wanted to speak. I didn't want to write a book, but here we are. <laughs> I wrote one last spring. But I did want to coach, and I wanted to speak, and I wanted to impact lives. However, back then, I didn't have the confidence to do it, right? I, I kept, and then plus, on top of that, I kept being told I wasn't good enough. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't worthy enough or, you know, well, you're not making a million dollars a year, so you're not qualified, even though, you know, I was very successful in working very part-time around my kids and, you know, bought my own home, you know, cared for them, you know, did all of these things, right? And, and I, you know, I was successful, right? What, what, what somebody's level of success is isn't the same as the next person, right? So it, in my eyes, I was like, man, like, you know, I'm in the top, like, nine, you know, um, the top 5% of people that succeed in a home-based business. And have been. A lot of people don't make any money, right? And I don't even know how, except for the grace of God, that I was able to do what I've done. Most people can't build a business like that and struggle in their personal life. There's not a lot of people that can do that um, because of personal development. If you want to grow personally, or if you want to increase your income, you need to grow personally. If you want to live a healthy life, even in business or your career, you have to grow personally. So it does go together. And what I've found is that it makes it a lot easier to build a business when you're not involved in toxic relationships. So my, what I do with my clients to answer your question is, so people schedule a breakthrough call. It's a free call. We hop on the phone. They actually have to fill out, um, you know, answer six questions so that I know where that call is going. And in the first two coaching sessions, when that client makes the decision, yes, you know what, I need help, I want to work with you, um, we, we, talk, we, we start with the mindset. It's all about reprogramming. It's reprogramming your sucker called the subconscious. And if you heard my videos, Debbie, you heard me say sucker called the subconscious. Yeah, I love it's that. that. It's, it, <laughs> you do? I don't know. It flew out of my mouth one day, and I don't think I've ever heard anybody else say that. Um, but it does. It sucks everything in. You know, from the time that we were really little is what we're reprogramming. We are reprogramming everything, all of our beliefs, our limiting belief system that we believe from the time we were younger through all of the experiences, good and bad, that we've been through, and we are completely transforming our mind, 100%. But it has to start with your subconscious. You know, so whatever you use after the words, I am, you become. And how many of us that have been in, a, in abusive relationships or, you know, we had low self-esteem from the time that we were, we were little to adulthood, and we always say, you know, well, I'm not worthy, I'm not worth it, I'm not beautiful, I'm not, you know, and it's all these negative things that come out of our mouth. And the more that you speak negative, the more negative you're going to get. And so... Again, I mean, you, I, I like that, Debbie, that you saw that. But if you, let me ask you guys a question. If you build a house on sand, what will happen to that house? <laughs> Just look at the beach down here in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's just—it's going to collapse, right? It is. It is. It's just going to collapse. And, you know, we can only change ourselves. We can't change anybody else. But I liked how you said the, the I am, the next word out of that is what you're going to be. So if you just leave out the not, you can't say I am not. You have to say I am. I am what? I am beautiful. I am smart. I am. It, there was a great movie, um, it, The Help. Did you ever see the movie The Help? Where That sounds a, very familiar. It was the Southern Nannies, the Southern Help, um, and it was a story written about a, a little privileged little white girl that was um, speaking about her help. And one of, the, one of her nannies was saying, would always say to her, you are beautiful, you are smart, and, and just got her in the, in the mindset of this is who I am. So she grew up with that. And we're taught later on in life that we're not, or we've, we take it upon ourselves to believe we're not smart enough, we're not pretty enough, we're not skinny enough, we're not all these things enough. 
And right. Because we're told that, right? Or because there is a lot of, you know, maybe fighting or, or whatever going on in the household depending on your environment. And so that actually starts to bring you down too. Well, and our girlfriends, think about it when you're a teenager. You know, after my husband died and I had to start dating again at 52, all that came to my mind about dating was when I was 15 and 16 and I was looking at all my skinny friends with their long, pretty hair and I'm thinking, I'm not, look what I'm competing against, which is so (laughs) stupid, you know? But that came ripping back through my mind at 52 and I'm like, oh my gosh, Deb, this is ridiculous. Get that one out of your mind. But it's tough. We just beat ourselves up over those things. Oh, absolutely. So what I do is I I work with people on, so you're going to build, so, okay, with the house. You build a house on concrete, what's going to happen? Solid. It's going to stand. It doesn't matter what storm comes through. I don't care, like, you know, in the natural realm, when I say a house, we think of storms. We think of tornadoes, hurricanes. You know, um, things like that. It comes ripping through. That foundation is going to stand. Right? That's true. You know, another analogy I just came up with, too. Like, think about it. An earthquake. Right? We know that that foundation can crack. It can crack, but it's still going to be there. Well, I'm the so, same with a storm, because in a tornado or a hurricane, you could lose the top of the house, but the foundation's yeah. still there. So the purpose of reprogramming your mindset, reprogramming your reprogramming that stuff you call the subconscious, and you reprogram that thing and you rewrite your past story into a positive experience. I know that sounds crazy, and some people are like, "How do you do that?" It, this is exactly what I what I work with my 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 clients on. So, how can people get a hold of you for that free phone call? It's just findyourpurposeandshine.com. Findyourpurposeandshine.com. Okay. And they can click on that book a free call. And it really is about reprogramming this sucker. It really is. I mean, you know, people have asked me so time and time again. They've read my book. They hear my story, especially if they read my book. They're like, how are you still standing? Because there's a lot of detail in there. Um, how are you still here? How are you still standing? How do you do what you do? And I can tell you from experience, it was that eight-week boot camp that I registered for. When I made a decision to become a coach, I registered for that eight-week boot camp. And um, not only was I learning how to set up my signature system and how to work with people, right, and all of it, how to market and all of those things, right, but the very first, like, half of that course was mindset. How to, how, to, how to utilize the law of attraction, how to heal yourself by the words that you speak, by changing your thoughts, by changing your actions. It is possible. I went through years and years of trauma, and within six months, I was a totally different person. Yeah. Six months. Most well, people, it, it takes years. It does, but it takes focus, and it takes the desire the desire to change yourself from within. And it's not easy to. It takes time. So you have to be patient. It's like, you know, losing weight. You didn't put it on in a day. You're not going to lose it in a day. 100%. Yep. Now, we've had a – I'm going to put this into question and answer mode because I want to allow people to come in. Hang on a second. If you'd like to ask Angela a question, please go ahead and hit star six. It should put you into a queue. Last week it didn't work for me as well, but hopefully it will this time. Um, I, we've got a lot of people on the show, and I know that there are some questions that would like to be asked. Uh, I'm actually going to, let's see here. I've had trouble with the controls today. We, we did have a little bit of, of uh, feedback from some callers. But... Angela's here, you guys, to answer your questions. If not, I want you to look in. Angela, is your book available on Amazon, or how do they get your book? It's called Get Over Yourself and Find Your Purpose and Shine. What a great title. So my, thank you. <laughs> that website is a one-stop shop, literally. You can find everything on there. You can find all of my social media, including my Find Your Purpose and Shine private group, um, 
YouTube, uh, goodness, there's a lot. You can, you can purchase my book right there on my website as well. So you only have to go to one place to find it all. Okay, so star six should get you in, guys. If it doesn't, I see my dad is on the show today. Dad, if you can't hit star six and come in, then I know I'm having a problem here. Um, but I, I'm looking over your stuff, Angela, again, and I just, there's so much about it about you know, what you're doing right now, but it all comes down to self-worth. Right? 100%. Yeah. So how do you, I mean, you've got kids now, and your kids are teenagers. Do you see self-worth being limited at an early age, or you know, where does it start? Where are, we, where are we starting to beat ourselves up? You know, I... I can't really re- I can't really relate to my kid except for my daughter. Uh, my daughter struggles, uh, and I don't know if it's more on the girl side. You know what I mean? Like we're more sensitive, we're more emotional. We got all kinds of hormones going on, right? Um, and obviously, she's been through a lot um, with her dad. So uh, I do my very best with her. To I started kind of seeing the low self-esteem. To be honest at a really young age, like six, seven years old. I started seeing it as a mom. Um, and so I, I tell her every day she's beautiful. I tell her every day that she's smart, you know, and I'm always, like, you know, showing that kind of love to her and teaching her, you know, confidence. And I'm going to tell you, um, regardless of what's going on, I can tell you before COVID, she was doing amazing. Like, absolutely amazing. She would, do, she would come on some of my live videos. She would, you know, she'd stand up for herself. And she had a voice and still has a voice. But I'm going to be honest, a COVID took a toll on her, her health or her mental, you know. I, I really have to uh, work with her now more than ever um, because she was doing great. So this is, she needs personal interaction with her friends. She needs to do things. She needs to... You know, she's very active, right? She loves to go to the beach. She loves to go on vacations. And that, those are things that, you know, I was doing with my kids. Um, in fact, we went on a cruise in December um, to the Western Caribbean and uh, Cozumel, Mexico and Key West. And, you know, so these are things that I always wanted to give my kids. And I've been able to. I've been blessed to be able to. There was a, point, a period of time in my life where I couldn't. And then I said enough was enough. And, it was done. You know, this is what we did. And I wanted to give my kids that life. And so my boys are doing very well. Um, their confidence, I would say, is, is pretty, pretty darn high. I don't want to say through the roof. I've, you know, I think they have some issues probably, but, I mean, I don't know. I don't see it. I see confidence. I see strong men uh, that they are. They're independent. They are strong. They are really smart. Both of them have an entrepreneur spirit mindset, if you will. My son, my 18-year-old son, he, um, he was always my, I'm going to call him my miracle baby. When he was born, he, he came out and he was purple and wasn't breathing and had fluid in his lungs. And they took him from me. And I didn't know what was happening. In fact, I was 21 years old and I was basically called crazy <laughs> because I, I just felt like I knew what I needed for my son, like that mama's intuition. Um, regardless, they finally listened to me, and he was fine, and here he is, um, healthy, happy, breathing, um, full of life. He, uh, he's an entrepreneur. He actually built my website. He builds websites. Um, he uh, was selected by a very, very dear friend of mine, one of my best friends, um, who I actually do a morning show with. So um, you guys that you say you can attract good men into your life, you absolutely can. Um, I attracted an entrepreneur in my life. He's also a coach and a speaker. He runs a non-for-profit uh, for the youth, and he is opening up a franchise here for Ethan. He will be running that franchise, and they are raising a 50, they're, uh, getting a $15,000 grant for Ethan to start this franchise here. It's called Lawn and Leash. Um, so he's going to be doing that here in Pennsylvania, and he lives out in Indiana, um, my, friend, my friend FC. So, but but he, Ethan, like, is, you know, he's picked up for that. So he's got, like, 
multiple things going on as far as in his mind and business. He, he, edits, he takes video and edits video. Um, he's amazing. So as far as that goes, it took a lot of work on my part to work with them on their confidence. That's really important. I was um, I work with an organization called Scars, which is the Society for Citizens Against Relationship Scams, and one of the things that's come up recently is our awareness of uh, scamming aimed towards teenagers, um, particularly teenage girls, and in this social distancing and you know <coughs> online presence with the kids, we've got to be really careful as parents. Uh, and friends and aunts and uncles, uh, grandparents even, that if you see the kids, they're looking for friends. They're not out going to the beach. They're not you know, doing the things they normally do. And so they're looking for relationships and connection online. Well, the kids aren't prepared. I mean, I know 50-somethings aren't prepared, but the teenagers are not prepared to understand that that person that they're looking at online or Instagram or whatever is possibly and probably not who they're actually corresponding with. And right. they're being taken. Now, they might not have money, but they have access to mom and dad's credit cards. They have, you know, they're putting themselves out there, their pictures, their locations, and the scammers are very, very well trained on how to groom people by telling them what they need to hear. And in, yeah. in a case where a, a young girl particularly might have a not, non-relationship with their fathers, um, these guys that are online are looking to draw these girls' hearts in, and they're very good at it. So I want people to be really Doesn't careful. that make you so sick, Debbie? That it's awful. And, and what this, scared like, me too, especially before COVID, is that our young women are putting their pictures out there. They're telling people where they're playing lacrosse or soccer or whatever. At 3 o'clock, they're going to be at this high school. And they're opening themselves up to, and I'm not, you know, I, I'm not a person that is like really, I guess I'm turning more into one about being careful about where you are and who you are, situational awareness, be aware that there are bad people out there. I have a Pollyanna view of life that I wish that more people were good, but there are a lot of bad people out there, and they don't have your best interest in mind. And our kids need to be extraordinarily careful about where they are and who they're telling uh, their locations to. Because trafficking is huge now. Uh, just, you know, fraud in general is a huge problem. And I worry about our, our young women particularly right now because they are so vulnerable to online predators. Yeah. Yeah, you know, And then I'll look at the 50-somethings and the 50 to 65-year-olds, same goes with you. We are too trusting. And we think that that guy in a military uniform that is telling us how beautiful we are is our next love. Well, hate to break it to you, ladies. They are not. And I had one of my guests a couple weeks ago was a retired Army colonel whose pictures had been stolen and impersonated and used for thousands of online profiles to scam thousands of dollars from women. And, you know, the more I I am aware of people's stories, the more I realize that, oh, my gosh, it is happening today at an alarming rate. And because people are not willing to speak up, they've been, you know, they're they're victims. I want to call them survivors because I want them to move forward out of that victim mentality. But they're so afraid. I agree with you. There's so much victim blaming. And maybe you work with that, too, is, People tell you that you're stupid. Well, it's not up to us to believe what people have to say about us. You know? 100%. Or I like to call them overcomers. Yeah, we've made mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. Mm -hmm. Everybody's going to do something in their lifetime that they feel ridiculous that they did. Right? And we're going to be taken by someone in our lifetime. Could be family members. Many times, 60% of it of fraud is perpetrated by family members. But it's part of life, you know. But if someone has been through, this is where the wise woman comes in, if we've been through something that's been terrible and we've learned from it 
It's up to us to warn, to caution, to teach, to educate others so that they don't go through it. Now, if they choose to, yeah. that's their choice. But like in your situation, you took what happened to you and you're speaking out. And you're helping other women that have been in abusive relationships to move out of that. I'm trying to do the same thing with women that have been taken in, in relationship fraud. Learn from me, girls. You don't have to lose a million dollars. You don't have to lose $200. You don't have to lose $10 to an online scam. If you just step, you know, stop, think, and then connect. And find Well, that's that the thing. It doesn't even have to be online. <laughs> Mine wasn't online. Oh, in person. Right? Like right. right now, I've met yeah. so many women that have been conned in person. Bless your heart, you know? So when it comes to reprogramming your mindset, you're also reprogramming your intuition. Your, your intuition, I shouldn't say reprogramming it, your intuition, you become more in tune with it. You become more in tune with your intuition. You become more in tune with what's going on, what's, what's right, what's wrong, what's good, and what isn't. And, um, and you learn to, to step away from things that are, that are not good. And you learn to know what's good for you and what's not. You really do. And, you know, it's crazy how, you know, my, my, um, my was it my daughter? Yeah, I was trying to think which kid it was. I'm like, there's all these conversations going on. And I remember her saying to me, you know, Mom, how do you know? Like, how do you just know, Mom? You always, you always just know and then you make the right decision. Okay. <laughs> it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of dedication to work on yourself and grow personally and to, to do the mindset work that it takes to reprogram this because that's what it is. It's mindset work, um, and then it's, it's, there's homework that my clients do. Now, is it book work? No. There's just certain activities and strategies and techniques that I teach that they need to implement. It's creating new healthy habits for your life and for yourself and so that you can live a healthy lifestyle for yourself or the, for your kids or grandkids, for the people around you. Um, and you really do. You start to attract incredible, healthy people and amazing people into your life. Um, I have all kinds of healthy relationships now. And, and all kinds of opportunity has come with that. But, but at the same time, it's, it's neat to see that we are all helping each other, which is neat. It's neat to see the, it's not all one-sided, you know, and when you're not used to, um, when you're not used to that, you count your blessings every single day, and you thank God every single day that, you know, he, I, I had to come, I had to hit rock bottom to, to get it. It was like, I didn't really need to be hit on the head with a two-by-four, <laughs> but I was, but it took that, not literally, but <laughs> But to make that decision, and well, it's and sometimes you just need to pause and to listen to what I call that still small voice, because we are so busy these days. You know, we we measure success by busyness, and that's not where we're successful. So. My friend, this has been an incredible conversation. I'm, I didn't get any people wanting to come in, but I, after the recording's over, we will open it up, and if there are folks that want to speak to Angela, please do. Angela, thank you so much for being my guest today. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening to Stand Up and Speak Up. We are dedicated Certainly. to encouraging you to remove the mask of embarrassment and to being your best self. As far as my organization of SCARS and the Society for Citizens Against Relationship Scams, if any of you know of a victim or have been a victim yourself to fraud or scam, please report it to anyscam.com or ic3.gov, which is the FBI reporting system. Remember to join my Facebook group, Stand Up and Speak Up, for special information. Go to The Woman Behind the Smile. We have replays of the show, and I've had some extraordinary guests. We're here every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, and this episode has been sponsored by BenfoComplete.com, a vitamin supplement company that supports happy and healthy hands and feet for those of you with neuropathy. Angela, again, thank you so much for your work. Thank you for speaking up and standing up and for being my wonderful guest today. 
And you are very welcome, Debbie. Thank you for so much for having me. And um, well, really my pleasure. And uh, let's pass this on because we need to all yeah. get out of toxic relationships and be willing to follow our dreams and go up, up, and away. One hundred percent, absolutely. Thank Have you so a great much, day, Debbie. everybody. You too. Have a blessed day.